Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, your co-host and a co-founder of the Right Club, and I am joined today by Catherine Nelson Riley, our fabulous operations manager. Catherine, our guest today is Raj Mali, who is a real estate agent in the greater Toronto area. And what was your biggest takeaway from her interview that we just finished? She, it was driving from collaboration, I think, that is one of the basis behind her success. I really felt that, because not only is she a real estate agent, but she is a real estate educator. And to be able to position herself that way and by driving from collaboration and communication, I think is, was really excellent that the way that she brought forth and enlightenment. It was great. Yeah. And what struck me too was the way she talks about managing expectations and working with her clients and the learning, different learning styles that people have and how she manages to adapt to meet those styles. So for whether it's other agents or people who are buying properties for themselves to live in or real estate investors, it really doesn't matter, does it? We all need to get along cooperate as you know as you mentioned and and work with expectations because in the end we all want a successful deal no matter what it is absolutely okay before we go into the interview how about if everybody please go and give us some podcast love by going to your favorite wherever it is that you love to listen to your podcast give us a little bit of podcast love we'd really appreciate it and don't forget to go to the rightclub.com We've got lots and lots of free information there, videos and podcasts, all kinds of information for the real estate investor. So we'll see you there. And now, Catherine, I think we should go to the interview, don't you? Absolutely. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hi, Raj, and welcome to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. We're so glad to have you here. Hello, thank you. And let's get right to it. So you're a real estate broker or agent? I'm an agent. Okay, you're an agent. And you live where and work where? I operate out of the GTA and I live in Mississauga. Okay. All right, good. How long have you been doing this? Six years, six full-time years, and it sometimes feels like 60 years. <laughs> that much fun, is it? That much fun. Well, let's see. Over the last six years, it's been kind of a wild ride, hasn't it? It has. There's been highs and lows, lots to learn, and lots to sort of be proud of. Because you rolled through the COVID wave. I just call it the C word, you know, the, yeah. and, and the wild markets. And so you have survived it. Obviously, you're still doing it. Yes. I know that you're a real estate educator. You help people and agents, you know, get the training they need. And you help real estate investors too a lot, right? Get Just getting going and really diving into the world of real estate. Yeah, 100%. And I think the key words that you said is get them going. And sometimes it's really difficult for not only real estate agents, but clients, whether they're investors, sellers, or buyers, it's, there's a mental block sometimes where 
they feel like they're on the edge of the cliff and, and they need a little bit of a push to get things going. So yes, that's what I do. So tell us a little bit about what are the main things, or maybe not the main thing, how about just one thing? What's one thing that you see with real estate investors that's really a stumbling block for them? You know, it's their mindset, right? One of the things that I have found in my business, regardless if they're an investor, buyer or seller, or even another registrant in the industry, we are very set in our thinking and we're very set in our ways. And I find that when people are incredibly set in their ways, they find challenge in the transaction. But one thing that I like to do is help people cultivate their mindset, which is something that I've had to do quite a bit in my life, not only in the real estate industry, but also as a professional. And just being sure that people are open to communicating and really driving the transaction from a point of view of collaboration. Far too often, you know, we think real estate and everybody thinks competition. It's going to be competition. Everybody's emotional defense mechanisms rise, emotions get involved, and that's a recipe for disaster. So I really like to help investors and other clients as well cultivate that mindset that removes the emotions from the transaction and allows them to see in a more clear way. So how do you do that then? So if somebody, say we're first, I'm a first time real estate investor. And like, I know, because I've seen it myself, that often first time real estate investors get so emotionally attached to that property, right? Mm -hmm. and, but if you're an investor, you're not living there. It's different if you're buying it for yourself. That to live in, that's a different, kettle of fish. But when you're an investor and you see a property that you want, especially if you're a first-time investor, you get so wrapped up in it. Oh, I want to do this. And I can see that. It's almost like people are putting themselves, if it, whether it's residential or commercial, it's like they can see them all themselves living there, working there, whatever it is. And they get so tangled up in that transaction. How do you help them deal with that? You know, one of the things that I have learned in life myself personally, when I got into university, I struggled. I went to University of Toronto and I really struggled. And I always had this desire to be an educator. And I knew that I wanted to get my master's of science in education. However, my self-esteem was broken because I struggled to get a, an undergraduate degree. And here I am reaching for the stars to get a postgraduate degree. So then I thought, okay, I have to change my mindset. I have to change my thinking. And I really have to go in at it from a different level. And what I ended up doing was I ended up really understanding who I am as a person. I accepted the fact that I have a very different learning style, as do you, Laurel, and everybody else. Our investor clients and clients in general, we think, and respond to information differently. So when I got into university and did my master's of science in education, you wouldn't believe it, but I achieved a 3.96 out of four GPA, almost perfect. What changed? The way I was receiving the information. So at that moment, I became so consumed with sharing this success people to say, hold on a second. It's not you. It's the way the information is being provided to you. 
So I took that success of mine and I implemented in my business and I implemented in my classroom. I look at different ways. I identify who is this person I'm speaking to? Are they an analytical person where they need numbers? Are they somebody who needs a little bit of handholding and they need a little bit more information provided about the market? So I always try to do my best to get to know the person I'm dealing with. And as a result of that, I communicate using their learning style. And almost immediately, you can see their defense mechanism drop. And so when I say to my clients, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to ensure you're successful. They believe it because now I'm speaking in a way about real estate that caters to their specific needs. As opposed to taking all of my clients and saying, let's put you in a one size fits all method, which doesn't work. You know, that's really interesting. You say about like understanding what real estate investors' learning styles are. How do you figure that out? Because it's easy to say, but you know, it's not that easy to do because you, I know, well, I know there's a lot of things you have to do, but why don't you tell us what you do? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. And he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process for you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one-stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondSuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondSuites.com. And now back to the show. You know, I just, I stay quiet and listen. I get to know them as people, you know, investors in particular, they move very quickly, you know, and others, because they're not living in the house, they're renting it out to tenants and that could be a potential sort of point of contention for them. So I just get to, I listen to their wants and needs and I apply it to what I know about the market as well. So now that I know a client wants, let's say X, Y, and Z, that that gives me the ability to go into my arsenal of strategies and tools to say, this is how I'm going to cater to them specifically. And, you know, it, it just sort of goes back to that number one question that real estate agents get asked all the time. What's the market like? I always answer that question by asking the following question. Which market are you referring to specifically? Because again, with the media and even with the beauty of social media, it is information overload for the consumer and for members of the public. It's as if they're trying to drink a glass of water from the Niagara Falls. So I always say to people, let's pinpoint exactly which market you're referring to and let's sit down and let's talk about it. And in that process, you know, I'm a big Judge Judy fan. She always says, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I just let them talk and get to know more about them as a person, about their real estate portfolio and their wants and needs. 
when you say, or what you, that you asked the question, which market, I think that's really key because so many people think that the market is really large, right? But we know those of us in the real estate investing world that there's the country of Canada. Well, if you say what the, what is the average price of a house in, in, in Canada? That's a question that really doesn't make any sense because every province is different. So then you take the province. Well, you can't do that for the entire province. I don't care whether it's BC or Newfoundland or, you know, Nova Scotia or Ontario. The province is very diverse and there's many markets within that province. And you break it down farther. What region? Well, okay, there's, let's just take the GTA. I mean, because you work there, but there's many different markets within the GTA, correct? Exactly. And there's different demographics and that drives the market differently as well. Yeah, so you can literally drill down to neighborhoods if that's depending on what your investor wants. Absolutely. And you know what? This is where my experience and knowledge and education really helps me develop a successful business because my secret sauce is educating them as real estate individuals. I'm going to create a custom tailor-made system just for you. And in the process, I get to know them as individuals as well. And that's my secret sauce. I share that with soon-to-be real estate agents. I share all of my success. I share all of my failures and most importantly, all of my lessons because eventually there's a new wave of registrants that are coming into the industry. And like I said earlier, I'm consumed by servicing people. I, because I was able to find a strategy that helped me and I became successful. I said, you know what? I've got to, I've got to emulate this. I've got to repeat it and share it with people. So graciously, I've been so lucky and so humbled by the fact that even with my clients, they come back to me. There's repeat business constantly and there's referrals, which is the biggest compliment that I could ask for. Okay, so you opened the door in there, so I'm going to just jump right through it. (laughs) You talked about failures and successes. So could you give us, we'll start with the failure and then we'll talk about a success. Because I believe that people learn as much, if not more, from, quote, failures. And they're not really failures in the long run. That's just the language you use around it. So tell us, what's one thing that you would consider, one case you'd consider to be a a failure? And maybe what did you figure out from that? Well, thankfully, when I came into the industry, I knew from the onset that I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So I knew I was building my business from the ground up. I was responsible for operating my business and I was taking on all the risk. One of my biggest failures or lessons that I've learned very quickly was I tried to do too much. I was a real estate agent who was available 24 hours a day. I wasn't getting my workouts in. I wasn't getting my meditation in. I wasn't getting me time in. I wasn't getting family time in. And that sort of obsession to serve people backfired sometimes because I wasn't at a good point with my health and my state of mind. So I had to actually get back into my mindset and cultivate this idea where it was okay for me to build boundaries. And say, instead of being open 24 hours a day, I'm going to leverage my time and be more efficient and be open from nine to nine, unless 
I'm with a client and we're elbow deep in an offer situation. That's very different. So I, you know, like I said, I learned really quickly from the beginning and I just thought everything was real estate and I was doing too much and I had perfection paralysis. I'm a Virgo born in September. I have spreadsheets like you wouldn't believe. And sometimes what I realized later that I was doing was just procrastinating and I was making myself ill. And I said, that's not good for me. It's not good for my business. And it sure is not good for my clients. So I drew those boundaries and I incorporated all those things that I had mentioned. And uh, that was a great lesson to learn, which I now share with agents getting into the industry. You mentioned perfection because I, I really do believe that a lot of people get hung up on that yeah. and everything has to be perfect. Of course, I'm not look, talking about myself at all as I look in the mirror. It happens, right? We yeah. all want to be really good at something and we want to be you know, perfect. And you're right, though. We do sometimes use that as an excuse to, well, not an excuse to procrastinate because I don't think we understand that's what we're actually doing. We're yeah. actually procrastinating, but that we don't want to move ahead until everything's perfect. It's never, ever perfect. Nothing. Right. right. And that's an important point that I also include in my conversations with clients and investors is I recognize those people who suffer from the same paralysis. And I don't ever try to say, look, this is going to be a seamless transaction. Everything is going to go exactly the way you want it to go because it doesn't. So through education and communication, I just set their expectations up to say, look, there's going to be peaks and valleys in this transaction. There's going to be ebb and flows. And here's what I'm going to do as a result to protect you from that. And here's what I'm going to need from you, right? So for an example, people get so caught up especially if it's their first transaction. This is the first time they're doing it. So not only do they have to learn as they go, but it becomes such an overwhelming process for them. And I just, I am, I feel so bad for clients sometimes, especially if it's their first time. They're completely overwhelmed by the process. And I carry a lot of empathy with me. You know, being a high school teacher and now teaching adults how to become agents who serve the public, I carry a lot of empathy with me and I always anticipate there will be problems and I am comfortable being uncomfortable having those conversations with my client. So that way, if there is a problem, instead of them anticipating the worst and being reactive, they have the peace of mind of saying, all right, Raj sort of mentioned that this could happen and she also told me what we'll do. So one of the things that I love saying is nothing is ever a challenge for me. It's an opportunity for a solution. And I really hone in on that solution-driven mindset, not only for myself, but for my clients as well and other agents in the industry. Because like I said, everybody's all about competition. Well, no, the buyer's brokerage is called the cooperating brokerage for a reason. Let's change the narrative and cooperate to get the consumer exactly what they want. And let's everybody go home, celebrate, and sleep with no strength, right? Oh, I think that's a really important point that you're cooperating. And in any transaction, I don't care whether it's real estate or anything else. If there's, if, when there are not, if, when there are two or more parties at the table, negotiating something because it is a negotiation. If 
one of the parties is so, oh, how should I put it, so aggressive that they take every single penny, every single nickel that's on the table and leave nothing there for anyone else. Yes, the deal may go through, but you leave a lot of ill will behind, correct? Absolutely. I tell people, leave your ego at the door. This is not the time for that, right? Which is another reason why when I meet people, and I meet people every day, I'm I'm a huge sports fan, by the way. I was born in England and I taught in England for about 10 years. And I grew a massive love for a, an English Premier League team called Arsenal. Big shout out to them. And through my travels and through supporting this team, I really connected with people who were not only similar to me, but very different. Now, usually people say birds of the same feather flock together, but I'm that person who always wants to grow. It's really that simple. So I love having open communication with people who have a different perspective. Now, when I meet people who may have an ego and they're set in their ways, that might not be the person who's the best fit for me because then you're just trying to hammer strawberry jam onto a tree trunk. It's never going to work. And it's okay to accept that I'm not going to get along with everybody or we're not going to have that chemistry that's required. But like I said, I tell people in a nice way, you have to leave your ego at the door. The same monumental transaction that we're about to go through. Let's cooperate. Let's communicate and do the best that we can do. Yeah, I like that. I like that image of nailing a strawberry jam to a tree truck. I'm going to carry that one with me for the rest of the week. You're I mean. welcome. <laughs> it's a visual, isn't it? So it's very evocative. Yes. And there you go, Laurel. So now I know. I mean, I knew already before that you are a visual learner and, and that's going to help me going forward to have really substantial and meaningful conversations with you. So there you have it. All right. Okay. We talked about what we considered the opportunity to learn the lesson. Now, what was one of those, what's one situation where you're really happy with what you consider to be a great success? I will never forget this one transaction. It was a residential resale and I was representing buyers and what a beautiful family they were. And we saw many houses and when they found the one house, they fell in love. And that's where I have to come in with my shield and say, nope, we're not getting there. The only time I want you to fall in love with this house is when we are standing in it on completion date. It is vacant and you have the keys in your hand, right? And they like, Raj, what are you doing? Like, don't be such a bummer. Oh. I said, okay, but I'm telling you, don't fall in love with the house. When I tell you, no matter how prepared I was, and I always am the most prepared person in the room. My dad was in the, the British Navy and I got work at from him. I was so prepared and we faced battle after battle. I was emotionally drained because here I see a family in what should be a beautiful experience, knowing that the family on the other side was going through such a horrible place. And that emotion from the seller's side sort of trickled into the transaction. And then just when we finally, I said, no, I said, I'm resilient. We're going to get there. We're going to find a solution. And we did. 
And then, you know, completion came and took place. I met them at the property. I went and saw them a week after. And then I see their name appear on my phone. Raj, we have a problem. I couldn't believe it. So there was a problem where there is like a leak. And I went into just resilient mode. I was calling inspectors, contractors, basement professionals. I even reached out to Mike Holmes. Nobody could identify this problem. And it took weeks until we finally found somebody. And so this was like over a term of two to three months. I was so exhausted. But the feeling of all of us, their family and me, crossing the finish line with blood, sweat and tears is a feeling that I hold in my mind and body almost all the time. Because when you cross the finish line with all these obstacles against you that have nothing to do with your default or neglect, wow, what a feeling. And we still stay in touch. I always check in and see how they're doing. And all they want to know is when I'm getting married next. I'm like, yeah, you could be waiting a long time for that. So that was a huge moment of success for me that, you know, we got there in the end. <laughs> well, and good. I mean, because really you were, I think, carrying them emotionally. That's what it sounds like to me. I think that a lot of people, I don't care whether you're buying a property to live in yourself or if you're a real estate investor, yeah. I think possibly that we don't stop to think very much about what the agents do for us in terms of deflecting a lot of the not so pleasant stuff that comes along, maybe mitigating unpleasant situations, acting as a referee. Um, oh, what else? What else do you do? Just bringing that calm, rational voice, because as you say, we get so emotional about it, even as an investor, right? We get emotional. Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's where we go back to that cultivating of the mindset. That's where you just have to stop before you decide to become reactive. This is why I do lots of activities where I sometimes I just want to, I just need to let it all out. So I'll go to an escape room or maybe smash a few dishes, you know, take up a hobby that lets me release it a little bit because emotions kill transactions. And so it really goes back to having a conversation with the clients you work with to say, let's anticipate the worst here. But the great news is we have a solution. And I think as agents in the industry, I have, I know incredible agents who are my colleagues who do that anyways. And I just think as an industry, we need to continue to have honest and vulnerable conversations with clients and investors to say, look, it's not going to be all smooth sailing but we've got a plan in place to protect you from what's, what could happen. What's the worst situation you ever had with an investor? Like, just if you can give us some idea. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's one in particular. I just think there's a multitude of little things that really do just cause chaos at times, especially, you know, when it comes to renting out their property, you know, they're emptying out their pockets, they're trying to generate revenue on a monthly basis. And just the pressure of even qualifying tenants to find the right person who not only takes care of the home, but also has open communication with the investor. I think that's something as well that is very challenging and ongoing 
we know as well, I mean, there's a lot of fraud that takes place. The landlord tenant board, there's, I think, like a year waiting list just to go and be seen or heard at the tribunal. So again, that pressure that investors feel, us agents feel that as well. And even though the rental market, especially in the GTA, is quite strong, you know, you receive offers and you try to do your best to check the documentation and make sure it is legitimate and it isn't fraudulent. And then you do your best to qualify these individuals. And then when you, you're, you know, your investor accepts the right applicant and they move into the property, I still sort of hold my breath and I kind of look at my phone, but don't want to look at my phone because I don't want to see them calling me to say, Raj, there's a problem. Right. So that for me is the biggest challenge because, you know, they're trusting us to help them find the best fit. And that is, that's an ongoing problem. Yes, even as you were speaking, I was thinking, oh, that would be a really good episode, wouldn't it be? Just to talk about all the things you can do to qualify prospective tenants. Yeah. I mean, there are many things you can do, but I don't know that we've ever actually done that. Like just I did a whole podcast on it. So I think that's, you just gave me a great idea. Well, no problem. Well, my investor clients who I work with year in and year out, sometimes a few times a year, they call me the detective. Well, yeah, I'm treating your home like it's my home. And I would be mortified if we found out that I helped you through the process of accepting an applicant where fraudulent documentation was provided. So I've got lots of tips and tricks to share on what investors and agents can do to really protect themselves, right? Because I always go back to the quote by H. Jackson Brown, who actually said, you have to earn your success, earn your success based on service to others, not at the expense of others. Uh, okay. That really makes sense because that's a very strong foundation. And that's the foundation of my business, right? Good for you. Which is why I, but this is why I work nine to nine now, right? Not 24 <laughs> hours. Okay. We're going to move on to the lightning round. Now, these are just four questions that are easy to answer. There's, a, there's not tricky questions. Yeah, and Catherine, sure. I'm going to let you ask Raj the first question. Okay. That was quite enlightening. I'm really enjoying this podcast. So thank you for joining us. So if you could go back and tell your 18-year-old self something, what would that be? This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Invest in real estate sooner. Okay. So one of the beautiful things about, you know, getting my degrees you know, I was raised in a household and in a culture where education is incredibly important. And I love my parents for encouraging me and motivating to do it. But now knowing what I know, I would say, you know what? 
Raj, you should have saved a little bit, whatever you had, because once you start saving a little bit and you see that bank account go from $1,000 to $2,000 to $6,000 to $10,000, you're consumed by wanting to see that number grow. And I like to believe everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why I learned that later on in life, and I would never go back and change anything differently. But what it's enabled me to do is, especially with students that I still keep in touch with from England, they ask me the same question. The last time I taught them was like in 2015. And I said to them, I go, start saving now. Let's look at the numbers. Let's see where you can be. And I'm so blessed and so happy to say that I had a student reach out to me a couple months ago and she just bought her first house in England. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was overcome with emotion and joy. So in a way, I'm vicariously living through her, right? And that's what I would say to 18-year-old Raj. Good for you. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could all go back and talk to our 18-year-old selves? Well, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Okay, question number two. If you had to pick one attribute to describe yourself that has made you successful, just one attribute. What would you say it was? Just be great. Just be great. Everybody can be great. You know, do the best that you can do. And I know that's sort of like a general sweeping statement. But for me specifically, when I say just be great, that means, you know, when things get tough, don't give up. When you're tired or exhausted, or maybe there was a deal that didn't come to fruition, that's okay. Get up and start looking for the next deal. Just be great and really have gratitude in what you do in every day because we wake up to shelter over our heads. We still have our family and friends intact. We've still got our jobs. We've still got the freedom of going to the kitchen sink and pulling up the tap and getting water. So that's why for me, it's just to be a great person and to really serve because, you know, and I'm a quote girl, right? So you you may or may not remember Martin Luther King actually said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. So let's just be great. The good, excellent quote. That's a really great quote. So, but along that line a little bit is what's your favorite resource? that you have, like for real estate investing, whatever it is, what is your favorite resource, book, training, person, event? This is interesting. My favorite resource is conversations with other professionals in the industry. Okay. I am so blessed to have a great team of third-party professionals. I have no ego. I know every real estate agent needs Great lawyers, great mortgage agents, great inspectors, great movers, you name it. So I am so fortunate to have found incredible third-party professionals who create online platforms and a community where we go and we learn from each other. We have conversations, right? Because you can imagine lawyers see it all, mortgage agents see it all, and so do real estate agents. But when we see it all together and we're having that dialogue, and there was a transaction that failed, I can learn from that. 
right? So for me, the greatest resource is certainly having conversations with other people. But book-wise, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, Mr. Bob Proctor, I honestly, I did his Thinking into Results program. I do it every year and it just, it changed my life monumentally. Wow, that's great. Excellent. Okay, last question. When you get time, when you get rash time, you get that neat time, what's the one thing you go to constantly replenish yourself? I like to keep active. I like to, to go to the gym, but I've also learned that I need to keep active with my mindset. So I dedicate an hour first thing in the morning when I wake up and the last hour before I go to sleep to my mind. I have to nurture my mind. I have to do my affirmations and my meditation because that allows me to be resilient in transactions and to really help service people, right? We know real estate is very stressful. So as a result of the Bob Proctor program I did, I learned how important it is for us to rewire our subconscious. And that's what I'm committed to doing. Because for me, it is all about giving my best to people. And I can only give my best if I look within me and I'm honest with myself and give myself the best. Okay, so you take care of yourself in a lot of ways so that you can have the energy and the goodwill and the knowledge and the information and everything else that you can use to serve people. Absolutely. All right. Raj, how can people reach you? What's the best way for them to reach you? Explorethegta.ca. That's my website. That's in my email address and my Instagram as well. They can definitely reach out to me on social media. I would love to have conversations with them, with agents who are in the industry, because I love building a referral network. And of course, anybody who wants to become an agent. If you want the honest truth with solutions, you'll get that from me. All right. That's perfect. Thank you so very much. I, we really had a good time with this. And hey, we will be listening to you and seeing you on this podcast again, I think. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Wow, Laurel, that was really a very enlightening and fun interview that we've just had with Raj. And, you know, she has such a wealth of experience behind her, but the key to her success was educated. Like she is a real estate educator and she believes that by educating her, her clients, whether they be real estate, other buyers or sellers or real estate agents or whomever it is that she is working with, that she educates them as real estate individuals and customizing whatever it is that they were needing and what their specific requirements are and working with them to understand. And some of the stories she shared were quite enlightening. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to be incorporating some of her tips in their own businesses. Yeah, she had a, lots of really good ideas. She's really obviously impassioned about what she does. And I, you know, I hope we have her back because I think she's got near great ideas. We didn't, didn't have time to go through everything, did we? No, but you know what? I think we did actually touch base on bringing her back with a couple of things and yeah. ideas that you had. So 
I say, let's do it. So for those that are listening, stay tuned. We're having Raj back. All right. Bye, everyone. And don't forget, customize your life because that's what it's all about. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.